welcome to Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio.
to think of his great sacrifice at Calvary. I know my Lord expects the best from me. How many are the lost that I have lifted? How many are the chained I've helped to free? I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus when he has done so much for me? The hours that I have wasted are so many The hours I've spent with Christ so few Because of all my lack of love for Jesus I wonder if his heart is breaking too How many are the lost that I have lifted How many are the chained I've helped to free I wonder have I done my best for when he has done so much for me I wonder have I cared enough for others or have I let them die alone I might have let a wanderer to Jesus the seed of precious life I might have sown how many are the lost that I have lifted how many are the chained I've helped to free I wonder done my best for Jesus when he has done so much for me when he has done so much for me
This is Songs of Praise, brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio.
On Jordan's stormy banks I stand and cast a wishful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. For all those white extended plain shines one eternal day. There Christ the sun forever reigns and scatters night away. And I am bound for the promised land. I am bound Shall I reach that happy place and be forever blessed? When shall I see my Father's face and in His kingdom rest? I am bound for the promised land. I am bound Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
listening to Songs of Praise.
Rescue the perishing, care for the dying, snatch them in pity from sin and the grave. Weep for the erring one, lift up the fallen, tell them of Jesus the mighty to save. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save.
armies of darkness are set in array. Their onslaught relentless. Who will stand in their Stand up in the night The orders are simple Stand up and fight Stand up for right Join in the fight To lead this world from darkness To everlasting light Marching onward that one day will be sight. Child of God, put on your armor. Stand up for right. The battle surrounds us. There is no retreat. Choose courage or compromise. around you fall the commander is returning can't you hear him call stand up for right join in the fight to lead this world from darkness to everlasting light marching onward through the faith that one day will be sight. Child of God, put on your armor. Stand up for right. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the
Listening to 3ABN Australia Radio's Songs of Praise.
thought I'd be here Standing in this place I thought it never happened to me Inside I asked the question What is this trial for? But then a still small voice whispers to me Will you stand when you feel so all alone? Will you stand when it seems all hope is gone? And in your weakest hour I'll be here by your side. Will you stand? So sweet as Jesus, 
Jesus, that name still is and will live on forever, while kings and kingdoms will forgotten be. Through mystery reigns will be beglotted never, that name shall shine and shine eternally. My heart is stirred, whenever I think of Jesus, that blessed name which sets the captive free. The only name through which I find salvation, no name on earth has meant so much to me. Precious name, oh how sweet, how sweet. Precious name, oh how sweet, oh God earth and joy of heaven, Jesus, Jesus, Seek thy face, 
my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect of rapture now burst on my side. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I in my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. You've been listening to Songs of Praise, a production of Threben Australia Radio. Welcome to 3AB Australia Radio's book reading program. The book, The Ministry of Healing by Alan White, provides sound counsel regarding holistic health. It covers all aspects of living that contributes to good health like cheerfulness, fresh air, exercise, diet, and positive relationships with other people, to name a few. Crucial also is a personal relationship with our Creator, who gave us life and everything we need for health and happiness. 
In this book, Ellen White deals with sickness of the soul and the healing balm to be found by trusting God in all things. Written in simple, beautiful language, ministry healing will point to a life full of joy and happiness, a life connected with the source of healing power. Let's join our book reader, Rosalie Ricards. Hello, this is Rosalie, and I'm reading from the book Ministry of Healing by Ellen White. Continuing Chapter 1, Our Example The Prince of Teachers He sought access to the people by the pathway of their most familiar associations. He presented the truth in such a way that ever after it was to his hearers intertwined with their most hallowed recollections and sympathies. He taught in a way that made them feel the completeness of his identification with their interests and happiness. His instruction was so direct. His illustrations were so appropriate. His words so sympathetic and cheerful that his hearers were charmed. The simplicity and earnestness with which he addressed the needy hallowed every word. What a busy life he led. Day by day, he might have been seen entering the humble abodes of want and sorrow, speaking hope to the downcast and peace to the distressed. Gracious, tender-hearted, pitiful, he went about lifting up the bowed down and comforting the sorrowful. Wherever he went, he carried blessing. While he ministered to the poor, Jesus studied also to find ways of reaching the rich. He sought the acquaintance of the wealthy and cultured Pharisee, the Jewish nobleman and the Roman ruler. He accepted their invitations, attended their feasts, made himself familiar with their interests and occupations that he might gain access to their hearts and reveal to them the imperishable riches. Christ came to this world to show that by receiving power from on high, man can live an unsullied life. With unwearying patience and sympathetic helpfulness, he met men in their necessities. By the gentle touch of grace, he banished from the soul unrest and doubt, changing enmity to love and unbelief to confidence. He could say to whom he pleased, follow me, and the one addressed, arose and followed him. The spell of the world's enchantment was broken. At the sound of his voice, the spirit of greed and ambition fled from the heart, and men arose, emancipated to follow the Saviour. We read in Isaiah 61, 1-3, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, and that he might be glorified. Next section, Brotherly Love. Christ recognised no distinction of nationality or rank or creed. 
the scribes and the Pharisees desired to make a local and a national benefit of the gifts of heaven and to exclude the rest of God's family in the world. But Christ came to break down every wall of partition. He came to show that his gift of mercy and love is as unconfined as the air, the light, or the showers of rain that refresh the earth. The life of Christ established a religion in which there is no caste, a religion by which Jew and Gentile, free and bond, are linked in a common brotherhood, equal before God. No question of policy influenced his movements. He made no difference between neighbours and strangers, friends and enemies. That which appealed to his heart was a soul thirsting for the waters of life. He passed by no human being as worthless, but sought to apply the healing remedy to every soul. In whatever company he found himself, he presented a lesson, appropriate to the time and the circumstances. Every neglect or insult shown by men to their fellow men only made him more conscious of their need of his divine human sympathy. He sought to inspire with hope the roughest and most unpromising, setting before them the assurance that they might become blameless and harmless, attaining such a character as would make them manifest as the children of God. Often he met those who had drifted under Satan's control and who had no power to break from his snare. To such a one, discouraged, sick, tempted, fallen, Jesus would speak words of tenderest pity, words that were needed and could be understood. Others he met who were fighting a hand-to-hand battle with the adversary of souls. These he encouraged to persevere, assuring them that they would win. For angels of God were on their side and he would give them the victory. At the table of the publicans he sat as an honoured guest. By his sympathy and social kindliness, showing that he recognised the dignity of humanity, and men longed to become worthy of his confidence. Upon their thirsty hearts his words fell with blessed, life-giving power. New impulses were awakened, and to these outcasts of society there opened the possibility of a new life. Though he was a Jew, Jesus mingled freely with the Samaritans, setting at naught the Pharisaic customs of his nation. In face of their prejudices, he accepted the hospitality of these despised people. He slept with them under their roofs, ate with them at their tables, partaking of the food prepared and served by their hands, taught in their streets and treated them with the utmost kindness and courtesy. And while he drew their hearts to him by the tie of human sympathy, his divine grace brought to them the salvation which the Jews rejected. New section. Personal ministry. Christ neglected no opportunity of proclaiming the gospel of salvation. Listen to his wonderful words to that one woman of Samaria. He was sitting by Jacob's well as the woman came to draw water. To her surprise, he asked a favour of her. Give me to drink, he said. He wanted a cool draught, 
and he wished also to open the way whereby he might give to her the water of life. How is it, said the woman, that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. John 4, 7-14 How much interest Christ manifested in this one woman! How earnest and eloquent were his words! When the woman heard them, she left her water pot and went into the city, saying to her friends, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? We read that many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him. Verses 29 and 39. And who can estimate the influence which these words have exerted for the saving of souls in the years that have passed since then? Whenever hearts are open to receive the truth, Christ is ready to instruct them. He reveals to them the Father and the service acceptable to him who reads the heart. For such he uses no parables. To them as the woman at the well, he says, I that speak unto thee am he. End of chapter 1 Join us again next time when Rosalie Rickards continues reading from the book The Ministry of Healing, here on your station, 3ABN Australia Radio. you enjoy the short presentation of how God led his people after the Reformation from lineagejourney.com. Rachel Oakes was attending this church here in Washington, New Hampshire one particular Sunday as she was visiting her daughter Delight when the circuit riding preacher who came to town was Frederick Wheeler. That particular Sunday it was communion and as the speaker spoke he spoke how we ought to be willing to follow Christ all the way how we needed to obey God and keep his commandments. Rachel Oakes was a woman of conviction, and as she heard these words, she decided to speak to him afterwards. She later said that she wanted to stand up in the middle of the message, but she refrained from such a public spectacle. My brother, you'd do better to set that communion table back against the wall and cover it with a white cloth until you're willing to keep all the commandments of God. You see, Rachel Oakes was a Seventh-day Baptist and she felt strongly about this subject and admonished Frederick Wheeler that he ought to follow God all the way. Wheeler later stated that her words cut deep and they sent him straight back to the Bible to study the subject for himself. This was a turning point in his life and he was convicted on the Sabbath and saw it as binding. 
this event would actually happen before the great disappointment of October the 22nd, 1844. And the big issue at that time was the imminent return of Jesus rather than the Sabbath. This would soon change though. Rachel Preston lived the rest of her life in Vernon, Vermont, in an area rich in history. Near her home is a well-preserved Advent Christian chapel that Joshua V. Himes dedicated in the 1860s. Dwight L. Moody lived nearby and preached here on a few occasions, and Ira B. Sankey also sang here. Rachel Preston did not become a Seventh-day Adventist until just a year before her death. She is buried here in Vernon, Vermont, and near her grave there is a fitting historic marker that outlines her special place in history. The town of Washington, New Hampshire has a special place in history, and whilst it might not be entirely accurate to say it's the birthplace of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, it is the location of the first Sabbath-keeping Millerite Church that continues as a Seventh-day Adventist Church today. Here you can walk the Sabbath trail that charts the history of the Sabbath from creation to the new earth on 31 granite stones. The Sabbath is a beautiful truth that God was slowly restoring back to his people bit by bit. The Sabbath is a gift that God has given to us, a time to take out of our busy schedules to renew and deepen our relationship with him. I pray that this week you may take the time to spend with him on the day that God has given to us. Frederick Wheeler moved from the Washington, New Hampshire area and went to live in upstate New York and lived a long life of loyal service to God, always faithful in following him and remaining confident in his beliefs. At the age of 96, he wrote, the gospel armor I will not put off, the contest I will not yield until with the ransomed host, I shout the final victory. He died at the age of 99 and is buried here in West Monroe, New York. His tombstone reads, he was a pioneer minister of the Seventh-day Adventists. Rachel Preston teaches us the importance of boldness, but not any type of boldness, boldness that was kind and courteous. She didn't seek to embarrass the person she was talking to, but approached them in a kind, courteous, and Christ-like manner. Frederick Wheeler teaches us the importance of humble honesty. When he saw something in his life and it was pointed out something that wasn't right, he changed what he did and he changed what he believed to be in line with God's word. May God grant us these attributes of character as we follow him in our lives. For more episodes in this series, visit lineagejourney.com.